to be a little more uh, specific and not tweet after 3 a.m.? People in this room would, would like to see that. Um, It'll make them feel more I will, confident. I will aspire to, to tweet uh, less after 3 a.m. But I mean, it, it is important that, you know, I mean, if I were to say, yes, you can influence me, that would be wrong. That would be very wrong. Let me, that would be a diminishment of freedom of speech. But I want to be specific about influencing. It's more of an open feedback loop for the advertising experts in this room to help develop Twitter into a place where they will be excited about investing more money. Product development, yeah. ad safety, sure. content moderation. That's what the influence is. Yeah. I kind of looked at 2018 with excitement, but, but really what it was about is that there's a lot of people who were awoken to the fact that diversity and inclusion is, besides the right thing to do, that it's good for business. So whether or not I would say maybe some of those folks came late to the party, come on in. Because now we leave 2018 awake. Now I think what we have to think about is how do we come back here and say what did we accomplish and that it's time to really make that change. We'll feed the data, but now they're awake. Now that we're awake, what's the action? And those are the things that we talk about all, all the time at my company, or what are the action items? From the top to say we need more people in the C-suite to how do we change recruiting to make sure that we have these people in the pipeline, in the ecosystem to grow in the company. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and this has been kind of a long time coming now. It's been a few months. Elon Musk asked Twitter on a poll if he should step down as Twitter CEO, or as he put it, Chief Twit. And the poll said somewhere in the high range of 80% yes. And there were some arguments that a lot of the polls were, uh, a lot of people participating in the, in the uh, polls were bots, so on and so forth. But a new dubious very sus ceo has been appointed now it's worth bearing in mind that elon musk will still be the overarching owner of twitter as a property he can remove her at whim elon musk effectively will be a one-man board that looms over this woman so though yes world economic forums and everything intact uh, elon musk will still have overarching sway and this is what i've said before with elon musk we may like a lot of things he does, we may be critical of a lot of things he does, but as long as he still operates manufacturing plants in China and turns around and says, oh yes, the quali- we, need to, we need to fight for, for a betterment of human life, and then he's going to turn around and say, oh, I need to fight for free speech, and then say, Elon, uh, Alex Jones can't be on Twitter. Yeah, no, I uh, laugh when he does good things glare and admonish when he does bad things is basically been my sentiment because i don't know what he's gonna do i don't is he a globalist potentially perhaps he certainly seems to go after globalism certainly seems to have a, a grudge towards the philosophy of philosophy of it but also has a lot of issues for some reason with the ideal uh with the ideology of populism he wants people to have kids but also wants to put a brain chip in everybody by 2030. I guess all this to say is I don't, I've never fully known what to make of Elon Musk other than I don't usually want to bet against him. 
When he says he's going to do something, he tends to set out and do it, for better or for worse. So, let's get into this article. We have two articles to read, and we have some clips to watch. Breaking. It was a couple days ago, So, but this article we're getting to after this is a lot newer, has new information ahead. Elon Musk announces he's hired a new Twitter CEO. She will be starting in six weeks. It will be, so May 11th. It will be five weeks as of the time of recording by Roberta Wakewell Cruz, current Twitter X Corp CEO Elon Musk. Now, X Corp, X is what Twitter and a lot of these online properties are set to become. So, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. X is supposed to be the everything app. What that entails, we don't fully know. I, I'm still kind of perplexed by the fact that he hasn't put Vine back on. Twitter owns Vine. It's still clearly in Vine software. So why is that not integrated? Why is that not at least back online? Oh, uh, well. <clears throat> Announced at his social media platform on Thursday that he found his replacement and that she will start at the position in roughly six weeks. Musk stated in the tweet, quote, excited to announce that I've a new CEO for X Twitter. She will be starting in six weeks. My role will transition to being executive chair and CTO over overseeing products, software, and psyops. <laughs> Uh, he's funny. Now, does this clip relate to anything? In terms of what makes us vulnerable to misinformation, crisis events themselves make us vulnerable to misinformation, especially when there's uncertainty um, about what's actually going on and anxiety about what we can do um, to uh, prevent harm or what we can do to protect ourselves or take action to respond to the crisis event. So the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, has both uncertainty and anxiety, and it has it for an extended period of time. And so absolutely, this makes us acutely vulnerable to, you know, going out to seek information, to come, trying to come up with explanations of what's going on to help us make better decisions. And therefore, for, um, to being vulnerable, both both the misinformation when people are accidentally getting things wrong and disinformation when people are intentionally trying to manipulate us. Today is November 2nd, 2022. Anno Domini. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. I'm Jack Posobiec, and that was Kate Starbird, who is a member of this election integrity, disinformation, misinformation project, the partnership working directly with the Department of Homeland Security, serving on a behind-the-scenes to censor the internet and safety and integrity at Twitter had also learned Nay DeResta and others have been working for years behind the scenes to censor the internet and manipulate the narrative. We're also learning now that Elon Musk and his team, working with the current team, this guy Yoel Roth, the head of safety and integrity at Twitter, have been working with the same group all along. To make sense of this and to understand what's really going on here, these implications, I want to invite today's special guest co-host, Mr. Darren Beatty, a former White House speechwriter and official and the editor of Revolver News. Darren, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you, Jack. So so what are we to make of this, Darren, this, this idea that Elon Musk, Twitter, the DHS leaks, all of it seems to be combined, basically. They're all the same group of people. Absolutely. They're all the same group of people. It's all a network. It's all this sort of people employed by the disinformation architecture. And as we all know, disinformation is the new favorite censorship predicate of the regime because it's not just calling somebody racist and so forth, which gives them social punishments. Say someone's 
spreading disinformation suggests a national security violation and therefore helps the regime's intention to marshal the full weight and power of the national security state to shut up anybody who questions them on election issues, on health issues such as COVID principally, and on January 6th on immigration, which is the whole gamut. And one thing that's really interesting well, and, about- And to, to your point, um, we've actually been able to go through and pinpoint that that very same person, Kate Starbird, was one of the people that was instrumental in flagging the Hunter Biden laptop as a piece of disinformation in October of 2020. So everybody remembers that story. Everybody remembers that that censorship played a direct role in the outcome of the 2020 election. This individual was directly tied to that censorship. Absolutely. And not just in this case, disinformation, but specifically evil Russian disinformation. Yes, of course. And yes, of course, yes. The worst of all. She had the support of how many in, in IC, quote unquote, intelligence community mediocrities just destroyed what little was left of their credibility to add, say, oh, yes, they're right. This is a Russian operation. It all turned out to be phony. It all turned all the fingerprints. Phony. I love that phrase. All the fingerprints of Russian of a Russian operation. Right. There's no it, it, it always I always go back to when um, General H.R. McMaster was on Joe Rogan and Rogan sort of as an aside says, have you heard about these you know, potential chaos agents and uh, uh, agitators at January 6th? And, and McMaster immediately says, who, you mean the Russians? As if the Russians were behind January 6th, because this is what he's been trained to think. He's been trained to think that if there's any false flag out there, it must be, of course, done by the Russians. And this is a perfect segue into our friend, Rene DiResta. Yes. <laughs> this is a perfect segue. So, so explain, just, explain who she is for everyone and, and what role she plays. Okay, so she and I have a, shall we say, vexed history, because this thing called the Election Integrity Partnership, which is a sham project it's backed by the Berkman Klein Center at Harvard, which is a censorship board. See, now this new thing is that every major university needs its own, basically, censorship laboratory. And so Harvard actually Stanford, has- Harvard, Harvard has a few, I think, actually, Harvard, Georgetown. Harvard has the Berkman Klein Center and the Shorenstein Center run by really someone who looks hideous. And uh, Stanford has the Internet Observatory, and they all have their own thing. And so Rene DiResta is one of these censorship um, Start. She's in the she's in the same constellation as Nina Yankovic, not quite as charming and not as ridiculous, frankly, um, but arguably more sinister. And this election integrity partnership group that she was part of the, this report, basically going on about all the things, all the speech that they would just love to censor, all the speech they just love to get their hands on and crush. And she did a very detailed report on how Revolver News, my news organization, was responsible for seeding the narrative of the color revolution leading up to 2020. And it was actually, in some ways, her report is instructive and helpful to me because the whole case is like, look how influential Revolver and Darren B had been in seeding this narrative of color revolution and right, right, exactly. all these tools to show how, oh, it went from here to here to here. But ultimately, it's a joke. It's so what are we to make, what are we to make, Darren, and we got about 90 seconds left in a second. Yeah. What, what are we to make of this idea that Elon is meeting with people like this, meeting with these other NGOs? I, I think he should just cut them out completely. He should trust his instincts and go with freedom of speech. Don't let any of these people with this track record or any track record tell him what to do well they're all jokes they're all sinister and i don't know if we should wait until after the break to discuss renee deresta's alabama secret she has a dark secret i call it the dark alabama secret of renee deresta which disqualifies her i mean there's a basic expected threshold of maliciousness and duplicity and ridiculousness that we ascribe to these disinformation um uh clowns uh but in her case it's more than people can even imagine if they don't know what she's behind so we'll just leave it as a teaser she's got the dark alabama secret and you won't believe what it is and in terms all right moving on 
I don't know what that secret in Alabama is, so I can't comment on it. In December, Musk posted a poll asking users if he should step down as the head of the company and noted that he would aid, he would abide by the results of the poll. Quote, should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. He wrote, after 17 million votes, yes beat out no at 57.5% to 42.5%. On Friday, former Twitter CEO and founder of the platform Jack Dorsey said that Musk is not the best leader for the site that he founded. Yeah, and you clearly weren't. Jack, you clearly had moral issues with what was going on around you. But with the golden handcuffs and the lofty paycheck you were getting, you were happy just to sit back and surrender to woke progressives and special agents in special intelligence agencies to let them run your platform while you just sat there grooming your Rasmussen S beard and collecting fat lumps of some while America was ripped to shreds and your platform under your rule was used as a weapon for that division. Whereas now, Twitter, for better or worse, is actually where arguments slash conversations are happening. News is getting out. If you look at what's trending, it's constantly fluctuating between left-wing, right-wing, and libertarian talking points. With various little goofy, random, you don't know what the hell the other hashtags are in between. So the conversations are happening now, and it's more organic and natural. Because what's trending one minute is entirely different than the next. Whereas back in the day, one thing would stay consistently trending for weeks at a time. To push home the narrative but we've seen that change uh, quote no Dorsey answered after being asked if Musk was the best leader for Twitter quote nor do I think he acted right after realizing his timing of the purchase was bad nor do I think the board should have forced the sale it all went south it only went south because you got ousted and lost your cushy little paycheck but now it's a nice little, uh, little, uh, lump sum, I guess, of information. But who is this woman? Right here. Elon Musk's choice for Twitter CEO is NBC Advertising Exec and World Economic Forum Chair, Linda, Linda Yaccarino. This is from Breitbart. We're gonna get through this article and then we're gonna go watch some clips because here's the thing about this woman. She is a supposedly, and her records show it, she gives large sums of money to GOP candidates and GOP causes, yet she also pushes diversity, inclusion, and inequity. Sorry, diversity, inclusion, and equity. She pushes those narratives. She also works with the World Economic Forum as chair. There's a lot of things that really don't add up about her. She's very much, at least to me, gives off controlled opposition vibes. Enough good behavior here, enough good behavior there, keep raising the ESG credit here, keep looking good here, and move the ball in the corporate world here. Her nickname is the Velvet Hammer, and you'll see what I mean here in a minute. Article is by Lucas Nolan. Elon Musk has reportedly chosen Linda Yaccarino as a, a seasoned media executive, World Economic Forum chairperson, and coronavirus vaccination campaign creator that l to lead Twitter, hoping to bring stability to the platform that has been recently 
characterized by turbulence and controversy. Now, here's a real litmus test here. Tucker Carlson launches his show. Let's see what happens with it. Does he have full reign? Does he go off kilter and do whatever he wants? And then what does Twitter do? Does Twitter let him just do do what he does and all his hunky-dory? Fine. No complaints whatsoever. Ultimately, if this woman does do her job properly, I should forget she exists. No, really. She should just fade into the background. The only reason why I'll know she exists or remember she exists, other than to be a part of my job doing the show, is because she will bring change. Will she? Will, will the honeymoon with Twitter be over and it's all back to old censorship as usual? I don't think so. I don't see Twitter slipping back into that kind of control. Besides, the World Economic Forum operates in public anyway. I don't think they really care about being called out anymore. As far as they're concerned, the bulls are already in motion. And the vaccine vaccination campaign created. Now, what's interesting is Elon Musk and the Twitter files, especially revolving around the Fauci files, something we covered on this show, revealed how Twitter and everyone in like in uh, in executive positions at Twitter knew the vaccine was linked to a long slew of medical consequences and issues, and uh, me- me- well, medical side effects specifically. I'll give me one second here. They were told to suppress anything other than information and they're told to suppress any information that would discourage people from getting the vaccine and to promote through algorithm posts that encourage people to get vaccinated so again be cautious i can't dish out white pills here but i also can't dish out black pills here either i really don't know what to expect with this woman so all we can do is sit back and let time tell let's continue to lead Twitter hoping to bring stability to the platform that has been recently characterized by turbulence and controversy. Wall Street Journal reports that Elon Musk has chosen Linda Yaccarino is already moving on. Elon Musk announced his decision to step down as Twitter CEO of the social media platform, reportedly cho- uh, choosing to hand the helm to Linda Yaccarino in a move that signifies a significant change in leadership at Twitter. Yaccarino, an advertising executive at NBC Universal, is known for leading effective media campaigns and propaganda and psyops and all and a whole ton of other bad shit. Anyway, leading effective media campaigns and participating in international forums on important topics. Quote, excited to announce that I've hired a new CEO for X slash Twitter, Musk posted on uh, Thursday. She will be starting in six weeks. My role will be, will be transitioning uh, to becoming uh, being exec chair and CTO, overseeing product, software, and uh, synops. Yeah, Carino has had a remarkable amount of success during his time uh, as chairman of the global advertising uh... Yak... You mean her. Got it. There's a typo. Yakarino has had remarkable amounts of success during her time as chairman of the global advertising and partnerships at NBC Universal. She oversaw strategies that led to over a hundred billion in ad sales and was instrumental in the network's streaming services Peacock's launch. It is likely that Musk is hoping she can fix Twitter's massive loss of advertising revenue during 
this tenure. But what does that mean? Anyone, you know, around my age remembers the YouTube Adpocalypse and how everybody blamed that on PewDiePie when it had nothing to do with PewDiePie. But what happened is, in order to keep sponsors, YouTube brought down the iron fist and they banned, censored, and silenced anyone who had too edgy of a sense of humor. We lost people like, look, I know this will do content, but their content sucks. Idubs, Crumble, Leafy got fucking nuked. Monkey Jones got fucking nuked. Uh, Pink Guy fled. I don't really care for his new career. Everybody celebrates it. There's some good music there, but it's just not my thing. Uh, Max Mofo, anything for views. Chad. A lot of just premium content. The Baited Podcast, original Keemstar content. Just gone forever because they were forced to strip back on the level of humor they could put out in the public because advertisers were scared away by edgy humor could you see that here on twitter and if that's the case man twitter if twitter goes down in flames oh well so be it i bought twitter stock twitter stock got all bought up by elon musk i turned around put all that money into digital world acquisition aka dwack or you know true social stuff so fine let that crumble people will move over to truth truth honestly is becoming a twitter clone anyway and the moderation and policies on truth are actually a little less stringent i've noticed as much as like the rules on paper are more what's on rules are more are more strict but what's enforced is a lot less strict on truth interesting right she also chaired the task force on the future of work at the world economic forum she's also a young global leader where she continued to discuss and uh, uh, discussions and policies that shape the global employment landscape in the wake of the rapid technological advancements although conservatives are concerned about her world economic forum ties others point to her appointment by president donald trump to serve this was talking about earlier. She has Republican ties, but there's a lot of other sketchy shit with her. I think she's just controlled opposition, playing best on both sides. Uh, anyway, although conservatives are concerned about her World Economic Forum ties, others point to her appointment by President Donald Trump to serve a two-year term on his Council of Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition in 2018. Yeah, but here's the thing. Trump appointed all kinds of garbage people. Uh, bar... Uh, what was his name? The Warhawk. Um, Bolton. You know, he had John Bolton. He hired a lot of really shitty, really bad people. Even, uh, the lawyer, um, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Sussman. Or is it Sussman? What's his name? Michael, uh, Michael Cohen. That's who it was. So just because Trump gave you a job, especially early on in his career, like, fuck Fauci, like, he kept Fauci on, he kept Burks around... No, I'm, I'm sorry, to sit, like, I like Trump, I want to see what he does in the future, but I'm not going to sit back here with a fucking wool over my eyes and act like, oh no, oh, a Trump endorsement, that means so. It means nothing to me. Sure, I've, I'll reference Trump endorsements when the facts of the matter make that a useful thing to bring up, but ultimately, it's, it's not a glowing thing. He's appointed a ton of really great people, too. I'm not gonna act like he, like he didn't give phenomenal people great jobs. Michael Flynn, for example, phenomenal. Uh, Colonel Allen West, phenomenal. A lot of really wonderful people got jobs and appointments in his administration, but it's pretty 50-50 in all honesty. Just as many good as many bad got in. Her work encompassed social causes as well. Yakarano frequently collaborated with the government, 
most notably when she served as the Ad Council's chair and collaborated with organizations, the White House, and even Pope Francis to develop a coronavirus vaccination campaign. Fuck yourself. Conservatives are already hard at work researching the, uh, the potential CEO to determine how she may impact Musk's promise of free speech on Twitter, and God bless him for it. Oh, you know what's funny? Look at that. That's great. Well, I can talk about, you know, things that that my company is doing to accelerate, right? To accelerate what we were doing already, but realizing that it wasn't enough. So what immediately started happening was that uh, under the leadership of Brian Roberts and Jeff Schell, uh, Comcast set up a fund to the value of $100 million to fight social justice and equality. And, and obviously supporting many, many important groups. But it really made a very public statement that we're gonna put our money where our mouth is. We're not going anywhere. And it inspired action across every corner of our company. Because what it also did was made leadership of our company accountable. We have this $100 million, what are you doing? What's the update? Where are you with that? But it also gave a lot of us opportunity to say, here's our update. How can you help? What would you, what do you think we should be doing, right? So I think it's very exciting. And there's been a lot of exciting, uh, um, exciting steps of progress at our company. Because for a lot of companies, we needed to take a moment and actually open our aperture. I'll use maybe a TV or a film reference to say, okay, we thought we were doing enough. Clearly we weren't. So then we had to make sure we were taking the right steps to direct funds towards the right organizations, to make a public statement of accountability like Cesar Conde, our new chairman of news, who made a public statement that was confronting editorial bias and saying, my division, our news division, the biggest news division in the country is going to be 50% women and 50% people of color. Ambitious goal. 50% women and 50% people of color. Sorry, white men, you're kind of fucked. This is the woman taking over for Twitter. This progressive diversity hire. Again, she worked for Trump. She donates tons of money to Republican causes. She does Republican activism. She also works for the World Economic Forum. She is literally the chair of the World Economic Forum. I don't fucking trust her. If anything, this is a major, major, permanent black spot on Elon Musk. Unless somehow she magically fucking pays off. I doubt it. I don't have high hopes for her. I'm completely discrediting her until she gives me a reason to trust her. And even then, I'll never fucking trust her. And I'll just hope that as soon as the money, as soon as the company becomes solvent, she gets fucking booted out when she serves her purpose. There is zero reason for this. Yes, no doubt about it. And again, it's all about it's it's about skin color and gender. It's not about merit. 
there is no a meritocracy here there is no you deserve this job because you know what you're doing because you uh, got the education because you have the skill because you have the talent oh what's between your legs oh how much melanin you got get in there but a statement a stake in the ground with accountability and i'm happy to say there's many many other uh uh examples of progress at, at our company, divisions like mine, working with Ad Color and T. Howard Foundation. So there's so many examples of us trying to listen, learn, but do. And and, and, and I'll say the do, I'll say where, where our goal is really to be intentional about uh, when we go back and give those report outs, that we're accountable and we're accountable uh, and we can report a progress and that we're proud uh, of what we're doing. So I, I think it's an exciting time that's come out of such adversity for so many people. Absolute bad hire. And right here from I mean, therefore I am, or I Mimo. I've used him. Or, so I Mimo or the Daily Gripe over on Twitter. Other people, I, I, I don't make my own thumbnails. I get, I borrow theirs or borrow their memes. His tweet here says, meet Linda Yaknaro, the new CEO of Twitter in 2020, in a 2020 interview, Yakarino praised Jeff Shell and Brian Roberts, her bosses for taking her, for taking the right steps to quote, fight social justice and equality. Also, Yaccarino, uh, <clears throat> commented her company's uh commended her company's progress of hiring 50% women and 50% people of color insane Lindy Acarano seems to be affiliated with the World Economic Forum right here chairman at NBCU board director global leader which is the World Economic Forum Group, Global Leader, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Justin Trudeau, these types of people. Oh, uh, Zelensky now, actually. Uh, marketer, co, philanthropist, public speaker, talks about marketing, future, uh, future of work. Again, future of work is the World Economic Forum Project. Partnerships. She has the Democrat fucking the crazy socialist dead eyes. Anyway, uh, economic impact and media and technology. NBC Universal LLC, Penn State, uh, New York, New York, United States. Right here, what's this? In the end, everyone wins. Linda, Linda Yaccarino, Chairman Advertising and Partnership, NBC Universal, is also the Chairman of the World Economic Forum's Task Force of Future Work, and the Vice Chairman of the Advertising Council. Keep exploring, nightmare folks. Body, Linda Yaccarino here, Class of 1980. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about masking up or packing up. I promise you, we're doing good so far. Just keep your distance, get your hands washed often, get tested often, and wear your mask. That'll get us closer and closer to normal days. 
You're resilient. I'm gonna say this with the MAGA hat literally on the shelf behind me. Hey guys, she was appointed by Trump. We can totally trust her, right, guys? No, absolutely not. Does this sound like the words of someone who cares about people's freedom of speech? Does this sound like anyone who cares about anything other than what the current message and what's marketable in the moment is? No. This is a global homo, an absolute socialist pseudo-fag who wants to put you and everyone else into an absolute surf kingdom. And Elon Musk wants to put a brain chip in you. So, yeah, no, this woman's an absolute shill. But she gives money to conservatives. I don't care. She's playing both sides. Look, America, we give we give billions of dollars worth of millions to billions of dollars worth of weaponry to Israel. You know who else we gave billions of dollars worth of weaponry to? Palestine. And she's doing the same thing, funding both sides. And whoever wins, yay! She was on that side. You see how it works? We are tough. Keep doing it, and we'll be back at Beaver Stadium before you know it. Mask up or pack up. We're almost there. We are. Pack up or mask up, meaning pack up, mask up or leave. Be gone. Get out of here. You're fired. Disgusting. This is the woman taking over for for, uh, for Elon Musk. That is phenomenal. Great choice, Elon. Absolutely class fucking pick well and as of right now that's where we uh, where we stand oh give me one second guess you have to have an account in order to see uh, comments oh well well that being said this has been Inside Four Walls. I bring here James Madison, and again, I don't know what to make of this. I don't trust it. It's an absolutely horrific call. There's so many better people he could have chosen. He could have just stayed on, but I've never fully trusted Elon Musk either. I don't think he's a globalist. I think he has a little bit of self-interest. Uh, I think he's got special interests, and he has goals. I think everything with him is goal-oriented. He doesn't exactly think about the moving parts around him. He's autistic. He hyper-focal- He hyper-focuses. At the detriment of finding, at the detriment of missing finer details, but who knows? Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, Madison, and I shall catch you guys later. Elon Musk has named a new CEO for Twitter, and he's taking some heat from it, especially from uh, the right, from conservatives. The um, CEO is Linda Yaccarino. Now, Musk had tweeted out, um, I guess this was about a week ago, I've got a new CEO, she's going to start in, in six months. And then uh, some sleuths were able to find out, oh, it's this woman, Linda Yaccarino, and then Musk publicly acknowledged that, welcomed her to Twitter. Um, I'm excited to welcome Linda Yaccarino as the new CEO. And then people began immediately to sort of dig into Linda Yaccarino. In fact, I was at an event uh, a couple of days ago and somebody goes, well, you know, she follows you on Twitter. And I honestly didn't know who she was, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I look it up and I see that she does follow me. I follow her. But people do this. They kind of do this excavation into somebody's background. Well, it turns out Linda Yaccarino went to Penn State. Uh, she's... Um, 
uh, an advertising executive. She, in fact, became the chair of advertising sales for NBC uh, Universal. Now, as people began to look into her politics, I assume they checked out her Facebook or her LinkedIn or various social media uh, sources. They go, well, this is a woman who has some kind of advisory appointment at the World Economic Forum, you know, red flag. She seems to be sort of a feminist, and that's because she is appearing in uh, some um, feminist type of rallies. Uh, she's presumably pro-choice. And so immediately the word goes out, she's a leftist, horrible choice, big mistake. Um, uh, there goes our free speech. Uh, what a waste of $44 billion that Elon Musk paid to acquire Twitter. And, um, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a downbeat sensibility on the right that tends to think that, that things have collapsed because of a single appointment. Now, I mean, it, not to say it's not an important appointment. She is the CEO of Twitter. But uh, when a couple of people, a couple of prominent uh, people said uh, that Twitter is now going to go back to being uh, um, to censoring people and deplatforming them, uh, Elon Musk immediately weighed in and goes, no, that is uh, that is not happening. Um, and um, also, he said, um, even if I lose money, I am uh, strongly committed to uh, free speech. And frankly, I believe Elon Musk for the simple reason that it makes uh, well, he's delivered. Twitter is largely a free speech platform. The contrast between the kind of debate you see now on Twitter uh, versus, say, YouTube or Meta, Facebook is is shocking. I mean, it's stark. And uh, so we have one uh, of the of the sort of mainstream platforms. We have one free speech platform, Twitter, and then we have uh, heavy censorship at Google and YouTube, and heavy censorship at uh, at Meta. So it makes no sense to me that Elon Musk would buy Twitter, buy it. In fact, at well maybe um, sixty sixty uh, percent or fifty percent above. Uh, its its stated value. Uh, why would he do that if it, it, there wasn't a sort of a cause behind it? I don't think that Elon Musk simply said, I want to do this as an economic proposition. Now, that said, Elon Musk does want Twitter to be profitable. He does want to turn it around economically. All the waste at Twitter, the uh, the fact that people weren't even coming into work, they would cook all these meals, nobody would eat them, they would make all these stupid sculptures. I mean, this is, it looks like the two Indians, Parag Agarwal and, um, and Vijay Gadi were just uh, running the place uh, as a socialist uh, paradise and really doing it with other people's money. But, uh, but Elon Musk cares about advertising. Now, he was apparently in a, in a session at a marketing conference and um, Linda Yaccarino, the new CEO of Twitter, um, kind of corralled Elon Musk and challenged him and basically said, listen, you're, you're not paying enough attention to your advertisers. Uh, advertisers obviously are going to be a key um, a source of revenue for Twitter. And you need to listen to advertisers. Uh, I don't think she was specifically talking about censorship, but she was talking about how to make the platform better, how to make it so that people who are using the platform are also able to buy the products, make it easier to connect to, uh, to a, basically to a point of sale. And it looks like Elon Musk said, these are all really good ideas. It's important to remember that Linda Yagarin is not being brought on Twitter to do content moderation or any of that. Uh, in fact, Elon Musk says in his um, tweet, Linda Yak will focus primarily on business operations while I focus on product design. 
and new technology. So it doesn't look like Musk is backing off and saying, look, I'll go worry about SpaceX and Tesla and sending humanity to other planets and you run Twitter. No, he I think he likes Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. He's much more active on Twitter than she is. She actually admits that she has been, in fact, I looked at her Twitter and some of it's just about like the Kentucky Derby or some kind of advertising conference or even just the marketing of products. She's very interested in pop culture and how products are marketed. So I'm not really giving up on Twitter by any means. In fact, I'm not even worried at this point about Twitter. Um, yes, um, uh, I don't deny that Linda Yaccarino may be a leftist of some sort, but it seems like she's a leftist that Elon Musk has impressed upon the importance of protecting free speech. And I think if she doesn't do it, I suspect her tenure at Twitter will be short-lived. Everyone in the office is really excited about PowerSlap joining Rumble. One, two, three! Yeah! Iron Chin, Iron Chin. Ooh, it hurts. Stinks! I think it's brought us closer as a team. Hey, Wolverine, great job today, brother. Oh, Jesus! It was just a high five, dude!